0: Welcome to the podcast, people more interesting than me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky. where every week I host a new guest with unique professions, personal adversity, or even maybe a strong opinion or two. And if you haven't hit the five stars review on Apple Podcasts, please hit it now before you forget. Running a podcast is a surprising amount of work, and more reviews converts into a wider range of future guests. Welcome aboard, dear listeners, to a truly enchanting episode of our podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of diving into the extraordinary world of Raina, a professional mermaid who brings the magic of the ocean to life in the most captivating way. With her shimmering tail and boundless aquatic spirit, Raina has redefined imagination and wonder, captivating audiences young and old. Join us as we explore the depths of her journey, from underwater performances that mesmerize to the empowering message of embracing one's uniqueness. So, get ready to embark on an amazing voyage with Reina, where dreams take on a whole new dimension. Enjoy. When you wake up so early, it just feels like it's the day before. Yeah. Like, like, oh, man, no, it's not. And it's going to be a rough couple of days from here.
1: Yeah, um, I hate getting up early for travel and everything. I'm not an early riser. <laughs> it's not great when you have a child, but we're making oh, it yeah.
0: work. <laughs> I mean, that's just like, there. there's probably a more eloquent way to say this, but as a parent, you're always tired and just starts yeah. tired as normal. And then it just, it just yep. becomes the new norm. Um yep. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. Sure. You are a professional mermaid. How how do you even how did you get to this thought? That's that's what I want like. What was the uh, the spark?
1: Sure. So I started my mermaid journey. It'll actually be 15 years now this September in 2023. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in a really bad place. as doing my first degree and dealing with a lot of chronic illness that, at the time, we couldn't pinpoint what was going on. So I didn't have diagnoses. Lots of chronic pain. I was in my early 20s. And just really, this time of your life when you're supposed to be figuring out who you are, making these next steps to kind of grow in adult life and everything and be independent, And I was just not able to physically do things. I I went from being really healthy and vibrant to having trouble going up and down the stairs and Mm -hmm. a lot of pain and having trouble holding down a job and just not doing great in my classes. And I'm an overachiever. So that was really hard for me to not have the energy for my classes. And I was so passionate about it. And I remember I ended up moving in with my aunt and renting from her i was upstairs feeling really pity party-ish and the tv was on and this film came on from the 80s splash which is daryl hannah and tom hanks really impressive movie for the time uh john candy's in it still holds up in the comedy Eugene can you Levy, remind me
0: who john candy is again
1: he is this he was this canadian comedian uh bigger guy SNL, oh, all that stuff yeah he's on a,
0: uh uh planes and automobiles
1: yes and he was in okay. home alone yeah, 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 yeah. and everything yeah. he talks like he, this kind yeah,
0: of yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and then uh Eugene Levy as well who um, oh, I love American Pie with the, with the eyebrows yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so all of these people were just kind of getting their start in this in this movie in the 80s they were still sort of like not well known and Daryl Hannah the actress plays this mermaid and I'm watching this all these mermaid scenes and I've always loved mermaids and I've been super fascinated with the ocean and she was so beautiful and graceful and strong looking that she sort of was like this projection of everything I wanted to be but felt like I would never achieve in that moment just in sort of my own self-pity spiral of dealing with this this what, unknown what age illness.
0: were you at at this point I, I think guess it was
1: 21 or 22 okay so yeah um because I'm gonna be 38 this year and it'll be 15 years so it was around there um and so I'm watching this and I'm like man this was made in the 80s She is not CGI. She's actually wearing some sort of elaborate costume, and these scenes are actually taking place underwater, so they're being filmed underwater. So this is previous to even digital filming, right? And I just started getting like really curious, and it was the first thing I'd really been interested in in a long time. Just started Googling. Movies on, I'm Googling, I'm reading all about this. It's really fascinating just hearing all the stuff that Daryl Hannah did in order to do this role, and they wanted a stunt actress. And she was like, no way, I've been swimming with my feet together since I was a kid. And I automatically was like, oh man, I used to do that. Like So many kids will tell you they did that. And she did, she like passed their expectations to be able to do this role. And just knowing now with the context that I have 15 years later with what goes into this sort of filming and acting in these elaborate costumes and the safety, it's mind blowing that they let her and tom hanks do this back then <laughs> like ron howard like it's it's crazy that he did this and got away with it it would never fly today it'd be stunt yeah. doubles it'd be done in a studio it would you know the whole, it's always the whole like day
0: that day. like 20 years later because i mean what do they always talk about in wizard of oz like the the tin man having like lead paint all over yes. his body and
1: yes, yes yes r2d2
0: being wasn't he like a a shorter gentleman like stuck in a uh
1: like a tin can yeah 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 yes yeah so it's wild and there's these really fascinating behind the scenes photos and like for, for example daryl hannah would have to swim between divers to get shots so she'd be with the diver using their air give them it back swim to get the shot and there'd be another diver waiting for her so that she could get air and because she's having oxygen from a tank at such a depth she is relying on them and she has to surface just like a scuba diver to avoid getting the bends but she doesn't have goggles like she can't see and she's completely relying on someone else so it was just to me it was mind-blowing that this was done in the early 80s super inspiring she looks so gorgeous and i just wanted to know more so i started googling and I found out that there were a few women at the time who did this as a job. And we call them in the industry the original trifecta of mermaids, because there's three of them. So we had Hannah Frazier, who is the daughter of uh, the rocker- boxer. And, wow. uh, no close uh, uh, Andy Frazier he's from okay. the band Free so they have that song it's alright now baby it's alright now so that's her dad uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so she, she grew up in Australia and going back and forth with Hollywood and stuff and so she was just really starting that industry in like 2005 ish and she was doing lots of activism work and beautiful photos with these handcrafted costumes uh-huh. then we had this performer in Florida who had just kind of gotten going, and her name was uh, Medusa Serena, and she's Polynesian. And she's got this gorgeous mane of hair. And she is running this underwater burlesque show at a bar that has an like a window port built into a pool. So it's called That's the awesome. Rec Bar in Florida. So then I've got her. And then I see Mermaid Linden, who is a professional freediver and freediver judge, and she's got the most realistic mermaid tail I've ever seen, super expensive. And she's swimming and, and doing stuff for for hollywood and like nathan fallon's birthday and stuff like that like crazy stuff so i'm just like all right there's these three women doing this that's really amazing back then there was no industry it wasn't like you could hire someone for a birthday party or see people in aquariums it was this is like
0: 2007 if i'm doing yeah around there it's
1: around yeah around the internet's
0: okay this is like when facebook started like going big i think
1: exactly exactly so they had all started around 2005 2006 and i'm discovering them like 2000 between 2007 8 and 9 kind of thing i'm like doing my research and finding out about them um so they're just these phenomenal inspiring women and i've i've gotten to to meet and befriend all of them now and, and they're mentors to me they're just amazing but back then they just seemed otherworldly and i'm googling and researching and i'm just thinking like this is so cool they've made their own costumes they're doing this i wonder how long people have been doing this for and then i discovered uh the person who really set me on my journey. She is a woman who lived 100 years ago, and her name was Annette Kellerman. And I actually have a tattoo of Annette Kellerman. So for the listeners not able to see it, it is a woman outstretched across my arm diving, and she's in like a retro Marilyn Monroe style bathing suit. And the unique thing about this is Annette was actually arrested for wearing a bathing suit because this was back in the day with decency laws, and she had to swim in these giant dresses so what drew me to annette right away is that one she was performing as a mermaid a hundred years ago and and the more i went down that rabbit hole the more i was just sort of like holy cow this is phenomenal and fantastic and she was fighting
0: more than the water basically
1: yeah yeah she could sexism and just even to be an athletic female at that time um but the other thing was is she had the same health issues I had and she went through this period where the the medical community at the time was only just starting to really understand certain diseases and they didn't really have a name until much later in her life for what she was going through. So my big pain symptom at that time was sort of debilitating leg pain. And I always give people the parallel that in the original Little Mermaid story, when she she trades her voice for legs the sea witch tells her you know you you can have legs but they're gonna hurt the entire time you use them basically and it's like written in a much flowery language better than that but that's the the gist of it and she's the mermaid her legs hurt the entire time she uses them so here's this woman 100 years ago being this beautiful grace graceful amazing mermaid so ethereal and she is riddled with chronic pain and she's using swimming as a way to overcome it she does the first movie that costs a million dollars to make she makes the jump from um vaudeville style movies to talkies as they were called and she does the first underwater movie the first nude scenes in a hollywood movie very tasteful beautiful stuff uh would not even be considered nude by today's standards, like titanic
0: but, uh yeah rose type deal
1: yeah yeah right right not e- but not even like you don't see anything like nothing so oh okay um, and she makes these tails and she's swimming in aquariums, she's doing these high dive acts, she's beating men at Olympic style swimming Then she publishes the first fitness book ever. And then she's advising the president of the time like how to cope with his polio ridden leg. And she's trying to empower women to be fit and teach them. And she actually writes a book called How to Swim. (laughs) And, And the whole premise of this book is to try to get women out and doing more. She fights in court to be able to wear her bathing suit and they come to a compromise where she can wear it with tights because god forbid people see the skin on her legs and she is considered uh the founder of underwater ballet which went on to become synchronized swimming so Mm -hmm. just amazing stuff and then in the later years of her life she volunteered a lot with the red cross and did a lot of activism work and just this really amazing woman and i'm looking at all these old school photos and videos of her this archival stuff her costumes it's just amazing and i kind of had this moment where it's like if she could overcome all of what she went through a hundred years ago surely i can do that too like there there has to be a way forward for me and canada you know we do have socialized medicine. So through our taxes, everybody gets health care. But the downside to that is the wait times can be very long. You don't get to choose who you see. If you have a bad experience with a specialist, it's really hard then to start over and find a new specialist. It can take you years. And that was sort of where I was. And it turns out I ended up having um, several conditions that relate to being born premature. I was born as a micro premature baby so three months early in the 80s. And back then, babies didn't really survive. So as we age, they don't really know the health issues that we face because there wasn't enough data back then. And nowadays, premature babies when they're born, because of people like me submitting our information to studies and things like that, um, they have a better understanding, they can prevent some things. So basically I have these immune issues and they cause sort of secondary diseases. And one of them is a really painful infertility disease called endometriosis. And when endometriosis goes so long, being untreated, uh, it can just cause, cause widespread body pain and very common lower back, pelvis, and legs. So that's where I was. And of course, we didn't know that at the time, but that's where I was. And the difficult thing with that is when you're trying to access healthcare for that, not a lot of people are trained in it and they treat you like you're just looking for drugs. I used to go to emergency with my bag of medicine and be like, I'm not here for medicine. I've got medicine. Like, I want you to find out why I'm in pain because the medicine doesn't work. So anyway, that's that's where my headspace was. And I started doing a little research and I thought, I wonder if I could just find a mermaid tail or someone to make me a mermaid tail. It would be so cool to just swim in one and look like Hannah Frazier or Mermaid Linden or Splash, you know, I I don't know what I was thinking at the time, because looking back, I think it's just the ignorance of youth, (laughs) you know, like I just had this vision in my head, like I'm going to get a tail and I'm going to look like Daryl Hannah. Um, There was no way to buy commercially anything like that back then. Nowadays there is. You can work with amazing special effects artists and you, you don't even have to break the bank back Back then it was like $10,000 to $30,000 to get like a custom silicone prosthetic tail. So that was totally off the table. Uh, I found a website that would make me a fabric one and I ordered it and it showed up months later and it just didn't look like what I was thinking it would look like. It was kind of like a tube with a space for some fins. It was made from stretch vinyl, which the closest thing I can compare it to is like shower curtain. So I got this thing, and instead of making me excited and happy, it actually discouraged me a bit more. And you have to think of my headspace at this time. I wasn't in a good headspace, very negative. and also, I was not a good swimmer, so I don't know why this fire got lit in me. I always loved the ocean. I loved the water. I was fascinated with it, but I was also terrified of it. Because of these health conditions, because of the difficulties I had from birth, I had a lot of problems with my ears and my hearing. I was always taught, don't get your ears wet. I was really paranoid about that. So I don't like hear... Okay, so let's take this girl with legs that don't work and ears that can't get wet and put her in a mermaid tail and go for a swim like my headspace was weird. But I did it anyway, so I couldn't even find the proper fin that goes inside these tails, so nowadays I know what they're called and they're easy to buy. You can buy one on Amazon. It's called a monofin. It is a singular fin. If you think of like the whale shape, that is the shape it is, sort of this, we call it a fluke, like the the fluke of the whale, this flat shape and both your feet go in it together. They're designed for free divers because they utilize less movement, energy, and oxygen. So when a free diver is trying to save precious oxygen to get deep when they're swimming, one kick from this fin, this blade, can send them really far. So mermaid tails all have some form of monofin in them, and there's different levels. Some are cheap, and they're just like nice for the aesthetic and and you can get it for like 50 bucks and then there's other that are thousands of dollars made of fiberglass really stiff really fast and that is sort of the backbone of any mermaid tail costume because it's going to determine how you're how you're able to swim so i couldn't get one of those i put two swim fins like just regular flippers inside the spin and i begged my husband to take me for a swim and again i'm like i'm not getting my head wet <laughs> i don't know so he, did you get one husband, of those
0: cones on like the uh right cones? Yeah,
1: no, I, so I put a life jacket on because <laughs> I was so scared that that I is such distressed. a
0: uh oxymoron right a mermaid right? with mermaid a life jacket
1: with a life jacket and it's really um I don't know if it's ironic but just knowing what I what I'm capable of now it's really funny the contrast to see like I can hold my breath for minutes at a time I can do tons of underwater tricks and stunts but back then I'm in a life jacket so I've got the life jacket on, I get in the water, I'm kind of paddling around, the tail keeps ballooning full of air and water, it doesn't look like a mermaid tail at all, and I'm just going more and more negative, and my husband, he's, he was my boyfriend back then, he's got a migraine and he's trying to tough it out, sitting on the dock, being safety for me, watching, making sure I'm safe, and the sun is like beating down on his poor head while he has a migraine, and, then... and I, yeah, so I, t- I take the life jacket off finally, I go for a little swim. Just At the surface, I'm floating. He's taking video of me with one of these old Sony point and shoot cameras that cost an arm and a leg and don't even take good. I think it's called the
0: one shot, right? It was something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Um, and that's that. And I'm I'm feeling like okay, this wasn't what I expected. I don't know. And I'm not a very good mermaid. I get home though, and I see the pictures. Holy cow, I look like a mermaid. (laughs) like, I actually do look like a mermaid. Like, this was really cool. I looked like a mermaid. I couldn't believe it. And just that little boost of confidence and ego when I was in a really low spot, it was enough to kind of keep me going to the next stage. So for me, it didn't happen overnight. Some people, especially now that the industry is more developed and information is so easily accessible, some people put on a mermaid tail and they're phenomenal right away. I taught my sister, she worked for me for years and she could, she first time she put a fin on she was amazing and i'm just looking at her like oh it took me like years to get that good (laughs) look at you go
0: it's like that saying but in reverse it's like a fish in water
1: right Right? yeah it's a fish in water (laughs) she was a fish in water and i was a fish out of water so i had to really work at it i took lessons i took courses i went through many many versions of tales And I was a trailblazer in that there was no information available at the time. So I would document what I was doing on YouTube, on forums, on different websites. I would network with other people who were just getting into this as a hobby, and we would trade tips and everything, and eventually I would get like a slightly better tail. And then I'd save all my money and another artist would come out and I'd take a chance on them and get something slightly better. I had one that was made of window caulking. (laughs) So it was like window caulking texture on top of neoprene, which is what a wetsuit is made out of. And then like airbrushed. So you you sound
0: like three different people. (laughs) One, either Iron Man trying to perfect his suit. Two, the Wright brothers trying to figure out how to fly or three. I don't <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard the story of uh the shoe dog, the whole Nike uh yes. like how Nike started. You sound like the uh coach. I I forget what his name is, but he like he was always trying to make the shoes better by like yeah,
1: yeah. adding like
0: rubber or uh the waffle pattern it sounds like exactly. that's what you were trying to do with your tail i
1: was trying so hard to figure it out and i wasn't a maker myself but i could envision like i knew what the problems were so this material doesn't cure properly it's got a smell it's too soft um this paint doesn't stick it comes off and peels and did you i have can't a board
0: have a too like, did you have like a oh, board? Yeah, like completely. a vision board of yes. what that tail had, looked like
1: i had a vision board I had photo albums on on the internet of all my favorite inspiration I had notepads with all my my thoughts and the the thing is is when it actually did take off for me and I I will explain how it took off for me but when it did take off for me I was like I want to make sure that other people can do this safely without having to go through some of the pitfalls I did so I actually published some books about it and they did really well (laughs) so yeah they were called fishy business and it was just I I did three over a span of like seven years that just documented how I did everything and my final one when I published it was Intended for people already established to take it and use it like a business plan and they could basically fill in the blanks and it's all the points of like this is very specific to a mermaid business and this is what you need to ask and this is the insurance you need to look for that sort of stuff so I've definitely been a lift other people up as I'm climbing kind of person and I've always been that way and I a lot of stuff today that is common knowledge in our industry was was not there weren't even trade secrets it's like there just weren't any people to have secrets like there just wasn't anything so yeah so i shared and and through that other people got encouraged to share and things kept getting better so on the personal side of things i was really working hard on the swimming um i found that if i wore earplugs my ears wouldn't get infected and then i found that you could actually get customizable earplugs that fit your ears but still let you equalize and ventilate the air and they're pretty invisible so i can put them in i can swim to depth and scuba dive or whatever and it won't let the water rush my ears and give me infections but it does like keep everything so that i can equalize and pop my ears and everything so that was really cool and just like so many tricks that i started to learn so at this time i'm doing a degree in child development And then I go into doing a degree in education. My goal in life was to be a teacher. And in Canada, being a teacher, there's a lot of high standards. And I happen to live in the province that has the highest standards in like North America to be a teacher. So you need two degrees. You need 10 teachables. You need uh, at least a 3.0 GPA. You need X amount of volunteer hours. You need all these background checks, and they only accept 30 to 60 people into the programs every year and then it's extremely competitive when you get to be a teacher there weren't many teaching positions but i was very fa- i was very very passionate about it and wanted to do it i loved education i loved working with children i loved that i could draw on music and arts and drama like those were all things i was passionate about i'd always loved marine biology but i had a learning disability so dealing with some of the more chemistry oriented stuff that went with that i i, I struggled with but this was a way for me to still kind of pull my love for those types of sciences and work with elementary school kids and not have my learning disability and get in the way. So it was it was like a perfect job for melding all that stuff. And the whole time, my tails are getting better, I'm getting better at swimming, my costumes are getting better, the cameras are getting better, so we're getting nicer and nicer photos. And. I'm working different jobs. I work for an art gallery. I work for a bookstore. And the bookstore says, hey, we're going to do like a talk like a pirate day. Do you want to come be the mermaid? So at the time, I was really pursuing music and playing guitar a lot. So I'm like, sure. I sat in the mermaid costume in a little pool without any water. And I played guitar and sang mermaid songs. And that was my first mermaid gig, my pirate mermaid songs. And it did really well. And they said, you know, you could probably make some money for this for school and and keep yourself somewhat in your field for getting into teaching and I'm like that's great so I started just doing um kids events and birthday parties didn't really have a vision of having a business just being like my own kind of subcontractor doing things here and there and it was really really good Uh then I graduated with my teaching degree and the government in power changed and when they changed They made some drastic changes to education in my province and it basically became impossible for new teachers. They were not going to let new teachers in. So most of my friends moved away or took private work, which paid significantly less. Couldn't even get be a substitute. Like there was not opportunities to substitute the the transit went on strike and all these things just kept happening so that Sounds like the US to me. Yeah, it just all these things just kept happening so that I couldn't pursue this thing that I had been preparing my entire adult life for. So, you know, years ago, I'd had this crisis because of my health, and now I'm having this kind of identity crisis because of my education. I went for career counseling to try to figure out what else I could do with these degrees that would still sort of feed what I love. And I, I spoke to a few of them and they kept saying, why aren't you pursuing this mermaid thing? Like, it's so interesting. And there seems like there's so much potential there. And I would say, I didn't go to school and get two degrees to be a mermaid. Like I was so against it. And I don't also, think I'll
0: ever hear that sentence again in my right? life. <laughs>
1: I did not go to school to be a mermaid. <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny. I, I was more critical than any troll could be like, I was so critical of myself and, um, they were just so encouraging but i also was like i have no idea how to run a business and at the time where i live had a lot of free programs to try to get entrepreneurs going like okay well i have nothing to do right now and i don't qualify for unemployment so i need to make money somehow so okay let's let's kind of do this and building an actual business out of this it, it it came out of necessity. And they say the best ideas usually do. So thankfully, my husband, he did have a background, um, or sorry, he does have a background in uh, entrepreneurism, HR, that kind of thing. He hooked me up with some mentors, and his father is very well experienced. And we put together a business plan, I started doing more gigs, I started subcontracting others, I got really good insurance, set up a bank account, all that kind of stuff. And then I won, a $10,000 grant, and back then a $10,000 grant, like that was a lot of money. And I beat out hundreds of people across Canada. And it sort of really sent shockwaves through the business community that this, like, mermaid, like, what is this? A mermaid business won $10,000. Um, the company that gave us the grant said that they had the most media interest in my award than they've ever had in, like, 20 years of giving this award. So. Please
0: tell me you spent the full 10K on a tail.
1: Uh, on tails, plural. On tails, yes. yes. I did, I did. So uh, what I did was I was able to buy more tails, which meant I was able to train more people and subcontract them. Back then, it was very impossible for people to just buy a tail and go work for a company. Nowadays, that's normal. It's so easy to invest in it with a couple hundred dollars, go to an audition with an already established company and do it. Back then, no, I had to build people up from the ground up. And I had to teach them everything I learned, and make sure they were being safe and make sure they were being professional. So I started weaving in all of my experience, my education and the things I was passionate about. And I came up with sort of this philosophy for my company. And one of the things that I focused on in my first degree when I did uh, child education, child development, is imagination. And there is so much amazing research out there on play and how play, specifically imaginative play, is so good for kids, but we live in a world that pushes them learn the next thing learn the next thing learn the next thing and i see this with my own toddler now there's so much focus on numbers and letters and i'm always trying to advocate for like he can learn those things through play we don't have to sit him down and do flashcards or make him write numbers and letters when you think about how a person learns We are taught that there are learning styles. It's what you hear, what you see, what you do. And that's actually kind of old school thinking now. We know that people have so many ways of learning. Maybe uh, music resonates with them, and through music they learn math. Nature resonates through them, they learn science. But we know that play, if somebody is having a recreational experience, they are doing hardcore learning. And the messages their brain receives while they're playing is going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. And even as an adult, we feel this when we're playing video games or we're playing, you know, like board games, like anything that, that we're having fun with. So I wanted to create this experience where I could be this advocate of the ocean, get my environmental activism packaged in a way that was fun for kids. They're learning, but they're playing. And I'm also focusing on things like, okay, girls don't always get enough physical activity. And as we age, we're not encouraged through physical activity the same way. So let's get them swimming in the mermaid tails. Let's get them swimming with the mermaid in the pool. Let's do stuff at the beach where we're collecting stuff and talking about it. Let's get around to the museums and the science centers and schools and the play, uh, the the preschools and everything. So. It worked. It worked. It took off like crazy. And I felt really fulfilled because I was teaching. And I was teaching the things I loved, like marine biology. And I was inspiring kids to play. And I was advocating to their parents that play is actually important growth. So I think because even though I didn't have the business experience at first, because I had these pillars with my education, it did kind of elevate me a bit. And it wasn't like, oh, that's just some girl looking pretty in a costume, you know, like it's, she's just sitting there being pretty, like anybody could do that, just buy a costume and they can do it. Anybody couldn't do what I was doing. Um, And the athleticism side of it for me was a challenge because of my health issues and learning to swim late in life so i was always working on that and always working on that and a few years ago i think it was um 2017 i decided i wanted free diving training i after lots of research i felt that it was the most applicable training to help with mermaid so we call it mermaiding is the word. that
0: that's tough right free driving Sorry free diving isn't just holding your breath don't you have to worry about like pressure and yes, like yes. So coming a lot up to slow it. yeah
1: and I'm doing it in like a 50-pound rubber suit, right? Um, yeah. The, the only problem is there was nowhere to learn. Locally, and you have even to though. smile
0: too. You forgot you about you that to, part. Yes, yes,
1: yeah, I have to smile while I'm doing it. So um, we formed a freediving group where I live. And then we flew in some instructors from another province. I did the entire course the way that was required. So with fins and with my feet. And then I did the entire course in my tail to know that I could do it and be safe. And I learned how to safely do breath holding, there is so much science that goes into holding your breath. And at this point in my career, I am doing a lot of breath holding. I'm doing shows at an aquarium, I have a little tank that we take around, a mobile tank, Uh, I'm getting booked for film work. I'm doing stunt consultation because nobody does what i do so some members on my team i've got a team now and at the time i had like 10 and now i've got like 15 so i i had 10 and one of the women she did um through me she did mermaid consulting for the film lighthouse which went on to win an oscar um i've done some music videos and everything where i had to swim with my childhood musical hero who was local and keep her from drowning and she didn't know how to swim so so learning the science behind the breath hold was really interesting so one fact that i like to share with listeners is that you actually have 80 percent of your oxygen still circulating in your body at the three minute mark so anybody Barring health issues that impact your lungs can train themselves to get up to at least three minutes. And obviously it doesn't happen overnight. And you learn how to be in tune with your body, you learn how to oxygenate yourself through deep belly breathing and calm yourself. But this is what I do on a regular basis. And the way that benefits me, it's not that I'm underwater for three minutes performing. It's that when I'm doing a stunt or I'm filming and something weird happens, I get a leg cramp, my costume gets caught on something I always have a safety diver with me who's watching me like a hawk the entire time waiting for me to give him an emergency signal and I can keep myself from panicking because I know okay calm down you can hold your breath for three minutes and it's not going to take him three minutes to swim the seven feet over to you so the example I like to give is I, I I did a film in this really deep pool Uh, It's an industrial pool that they use for training people uh, for sinking helicopters and escaping a helicopter. So Mm -hmm. it's a really deep pool because they have to sink a helicopter in it. I, there's an X at the bottom of the pool and there's a spotlight and I have to swim down headfirst to this X nice and slow they want this really nice slow movement Man, get do, down there you
0: do really well with your hand with that too yeah oh. that
1: is that is I, I can do that with my whole body right I've had to learn to do yeah, that with I my mean, whole body like, <laughs> my hand
0: my hand don't do that <laughs>
1: Undu, undulation it has to we call it an undulating and it has to go through my whole body and that is that is the, the mermaid movement so it's a dolphin kick is what we use and it's just like a body roll that goes through your whole body you, you Oh, Actually, I,
0: I'm far from that. So
1: it's very less about the feet and it's more about the roll. People think they have to kick and it's no, it's like your core is doing. Like all you're the doing
0: work the good. worm, right?
1: Yeah, it's like you're doing the worm underwater. So I'm swimming down to this X and I have been in this water for three hours. And one problem that can happen is you get dehydrated without realizing it because you can't feel yourself sweat and you're in the water. And sometimes being in fresh water tricks you into thinking you're not thirsty. So I get to the bottom of the pool and I'm head first, like head down. Uh, The shot is done and I go to turn my body. And as I turn, I get the absolute worst leg cramp of my life. And it just like goes through my whole body and makes my whole body spasm. And I'm in like a totally encased rubber suit and I can't turn myself around. And I stop moving and I think, okay, if I stop moving, maybe I'll just float up. I'm not floating up. So I give my scuba diver, who's my safety, I give him the safety signal, like, I need to go up, and I just drop into myself and I'm like, okay, you. it probably took you 15 seconds to swim down here, even though it felt really slow, it wasn't, you used up some of your oxygen moving fast like that, but you're good, you can do three minutes, you're good and just keeping myself calm, he was able to come get me and, and pull me up. Um, I had another experience, I was filming, so I have a TV show now, it's, it's not, uh, it hasn't aired yet, it's, it's in the process of filming, and they were filming me in Mexico, and we saw this beautiful hole. That's where
0: a big mermaid, a mermaid training is too, right? Yeah, yeah. Something so about was, that. Okay.
1: Yes, I was there for some mermaid training and filming. Yep. um So Patty, the the group that does the scuba certification, they now have a mermaid certification, which is awesome. I love to see safety standards because prior to this, there weren't any industry standards, and the standards are really helping just keep people safe. We don't want people to drown. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, I mean, I,
0: that's the worst thing you want to hear like a professional mermaid drowning.
1: Right? Exactly. So I I, uh, I can talk about that in a minute. I'll tell you this story. And then I'll tell you about the training. Ooh, what it's like. Okay. Um, I don't want to so, hear
0: bad stories.
1: No, no, not bad stories. So uh there is a so there's a hole in the coral, and it looks like this beautiful window, and it's so magical. It looks like something out of Disney, and we're shooting it, and we're thinking, okay, I'm gonna come down and look through at everybody and the corals all around me, and the hair is gonna be flowing. And I had just taken a workshop on wigs and I had this wig glued on so well like that was this wig it was this gorgeous red wig and it was not coming off and wigs move differently underwater than real hair they look nicer for the mermaid work and for film work they don't like come across into your face like they look really good and I'm doing the whole shot we get the shot I'm like yeah and I go to come up and the wig gets caught on the coral and I'm trying to get it off. And it's just tangling worse. And you're also, you don't want to break the coral. You don't want to hurt the coral. It's like, I'm in a, I'm in a protected space. You're not even supposed to touch it. So my hair yeah. is wrapped around it. That's your and house. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I have to get, I'm going to have to ditch this wig in order to surface and get air because I'm running out of air and I panicked a little bit because I've already used a bunch of it up trying to do this shot but I just took this workshop where I learned how to glue my wig on really tight (laughs) and so I'm like trying to rip it off underwater and it's the same thing I have a safety person and they're like okay I'm gonna pick you up and I'm like well you can't my my head is stuck so let's get this wig off and um I basically ripped the thing off and it took a layer of my skin with it it was like burnt for the rest of the the trip uh like a like a rug burn like across my forehead just like a layer of skin and I, I had to it was I had to ditch it in order to be safe and surface and I surfaced and I was fine and then we went back and we untangled the wig when we had goggles and snorkels so we could see what we're doing and but it was just again where that training came in it came in so handy to keep me safe and keep the environment safe so the training that we take it's an adaptation of free diving. Free diving is, a lot of it is very sport-centric. You have people that do, uh, I guess, contests would be the right word. So the same way you have races, you have free, free diving dives where people are trying to beat their breath, hold, beat the depth that they're doing, they have a safety person, they're using all these different techniques. Um, I don't really do that for the work that I do. The work that I do is just very preventing issues. So having the breath holding, understanding how to be safe, understanding how to use the monofin, that is what I took from the freediving course. So the mermaid course takes that and expands on that for mermaids and what it's like being in a tail. Uh, Often we're working with the photographer, so what it's like when you've got a safety and a photographer working with you. And something happens. So one of the things I had to do for the certification, which I really welcomed it at this point, I just did this certification this summer because it was brand new. And it's about to be 15 years for me. So people are like, well, why do you need it? You've been a mermaid for so long. But I feel like I have to be an example for people and I'm always a lifelong learner as well. So I'm not the type of person who's like, I know it all. I know how to do that. Like, I'm like, sure, I wanna learn from other people. And I may have been a professional mermaid longer than you, but like you're immersed in this course. So of course I can learn something. So one of the things that I had to do was save somebody while I was in my mermaid tail. So you told me um, you told me yeah, about this. A little right. Bit. So it's like it's like they they faint underwater. It, we call it an underwater blackout. It can happen if a person is hyperventilating and which you tend to do sometimes when you're like their wig, gets,
0: their wig gets caught on the coral
1: right right they're hyperventilating um and it makes them faint because they've got too much carbon carbon dioxide built up in their body um so they black out i see them black out i have to go down and get them i have to bring their head up to the surface i have to hold this person up swim back in my tail and give them cpr and and get back and get help so you would think this is like so crazy nothing like this will ever happen Well, it did. Uh, When the course first launched uh, last year, there were a group of mermaids taking their course. uh, I think it was outside of it was either Florida or California. Well, I'll have to look up the link, but listeners can Google it like mermaids save scuba diver. There's a bunch of articles about it and a scuba diver surfaced and he had a blackout right next to where the mermaids were doing their course. And it was like real life test. They saved this scuba diver because <laughs> they were just learning all these skills and they're out in the ocean with their teacher and
0: that's crazy blacked
1: out so they saved him you know did they so. leave him
0: on the beach and he just <laughs> he doesn't even remember anything it's kind of right? just like he's a not a pirate but like a sailor and
1: i say- it's like the little mermaid and exactly. through my own career i did a lot of um work with children uh especially in in the early years of my career because i i really wanted to do kids parties and stuff parents would overestimate their kids abilities in the pools and even though we have fantastic lifeguards and they're always watching i am at the kids level so i was usually the first one to grab a kid who went under so i think i've saved like eight kids at this point uh one of my mermaids who's my best friend and she's also the godmother of my my son uh mermaid mimi she's phenomenal she saved a little boy from drowning when she was eight months pregnant and we were doing like mermaid pregnant mermaid baby belly photos of her on a dock And the little boy jumped in, and then his brother jumped in and landed on him, and he was super underwater in the ocean, disoriented, and the sun was going down, not a lot of light, and Mimi was full-on pregnant, saw this, went down, picked him up off the bottom of the ocean, and somehow found this Hulk strength to lift him up onto a dock, and she was actually given a life-saving award for it. Wow, <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, you know, we are at that water level, whether it's at a gig or we're performing or we're getting video or taking a course, right? So that's why it's so important to have this kind of stuff. And on land, I'm not a very athletic person. I, I have to work really hard at it. I go to the gym, I lift weights. And I recently, you know, I have a two-year-old and it's been hard to bounce back from having the baby. And I had a lot of difficulties during the pregnancy and after the pregnancy. So, you know, that again, I was kind of finding a little bit of myself down again in the dumps, like I can't do what everybody else can do. And I'm getting older. But man, you get me in the water and it comes back really quickly. And it's like, wow, okay, no, actually, I'm great. I just stuck on land, like, (laughs) I'm good in the water. So this whole journey of mine, like, it's really, I can't imagine my life if I didn't do this, because it has sort of shaped my entire world. I started out you know, not knowing what I was sick with, and and struggling to do physiotherapy and keep active, and I was motivated by this mermaid stuff to do that, and then it saw me through this period of unemployment, and then it got so big that now I have a TV show, and I've done a documentary, and I've traveled around the world, and I've met people that are my heroes. I met Dr. Sylvia Earle, who is a National Geographic explorer, and she's like the first female marine biologist, and she's in her 90s and still working. And I got to meet her, and she praised my mermaid work, and it was like I could I can die happy now <laughs> um and I, I get to meet the most amazing and creative people who build me up and i've built this company and i'm in a different phase of my life now like I'm, I'm gonna turn 38 this year i have a son i'm scaling back pun intended like the work that i do with the mermaids i have a day job now because i wanted to be able to have vacation to say no to gigs to have health insurance <laughs> like all this where do, thing. Where do you and, go
0: for vacation by the way
1: Oh my gosh, they're really, I really don't vacation. Like I go on trips and it turns into mermaid work, right? So, okay. Um, I, I was just going to say,
0: like, you go to the beach all the time. Like, do you, yes. en- you end up going to the woods? Or I never, city? yeah,
1: I never really vacation. So being in Nova Scotia and and having it be so cold uh, so much of the year, I love going to places like Florida and getting in the Florida Springs. I had gotcha. a really beautiful experience there with manatees. I was filming in my mermaid tail and manatees came up to me, actually, with a tattoo of the manatees because it was such a- As-
0: manatees were They're they were the
1: inspiration yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, That's what I yeah. Thought.
1: okay I felt like they accepted me into their little manatee world like they came out like a mom came over with a baby and it was just this cute little thing um I go to California there is a uh the longest running convention for professional mermaids is in California and people come from all over the world and it's a space for us to get further training work with underwater photographers and videographers network we do a bubble ball which is like uh, mermaid prom so we all get dressed up in like really elaborate costumes um there was recently a netflix series i was in it but i got cut. (laughs) so so boo but yay for everybody else but um you know netflix did show the conventions and sort of the industry and what we do which is really cool and i mean streaming shows it's a bit scripted so if you have watched it or any of the listeners are going to watch it i would just caution that you know it's a bit scripted it's not totally honest in it's representation or portrayal of what we do or the risks involved or anything like that but it's still fun it's fun to see and 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 it it's a good introduction just don't make any judgments on your local mermaid company based on (laughs) what you see on tv um and i've also been able to give back to my community in really beautiful ways so because i was a premature baby and i had all these health issues uh make a wish sent me to disney when i was a kid and as an adult i have been able to do make a wish for children and i have done hospital visits and fundraising visits and you know gotten to tell a kid you're going to disney and uh one of my favorite experiences is i had this little fan just for her privacy, I call her Miss Miss K. K is like her initial. So uh, Miss K had a lot of severe health issues, and she would come to my gigs. And one summer, her family messaged me on Facebook and said, "Hey, like she recently had surgery. She's in the hospital. She's four years old, and she's really, really depressed. She's not eating. She's not talking to anybody. She's very listless. And we we're just wondering if you could come say hi." And I was like, God, yes, I'll do anything for her. She came to all my gigs. Of course I will. So I put on the mermaid tail and the hospital staff put me in a wheelchair and my husband wheeled me in. And that little girl looked up from her bed and she said, oh, hi, Reyna. And all the staff were like, oh, my God, she said something. Um, so I had arranged, I had told my other mermaid friends who are all around the world about Miss Kay being in the hospital and being sad. So they all wrote me letters to take to her to keep her busy while she was in the hospital. And some of them had like little mermaid trinkets. So I get up in this bed in my mermaid tail, this hospital bed next to her. And we're all reading the letters and looking at the, the different little trinkets that they and and the nurses are asking her like, well, what is your goal for when you get better? What's the big thing you want to do? She said, well, I want to go swimming with Raina Mermaid. So we wrote it on her whiteboard like, go for a swim with Raina Mermaid. Um, she did so well after that, and a month later she was out of the hospital. And it was pretty cold; it was our fall season. She lives on the ocean, and I said, okay, she wants to swim with Raina Mermaid. Let's do this. <laughs> so I went to her neighbor's house and got in the water to keep the illusion and because she just turned five and she came down to her beach and i swam up to her dock and i was like you want to go for a swim with me (laughs) and we had the most beautiful day it was freezing cold it didn't matter we swam in the ocean and at the end of the day um, I asked her, I said, you know, would it be okay with you if I had legs for a little bit so that maybe I could come on land and you could show me things? And she was like, yeah, that'd be great. So, so I got my legs for a little bit and we sat and her dad put some fireworks off and she held my hand while we watched the fireworks. And she said, I just wish this day would never end. And I will remember that till the day I die. She's like, 12 Obviously, or 13 years did, old now right like <laughs> how
0: much how much did you how much did you cry during that period because I, oh, I, I don't right? think I, I could keep that together I spe- I, like and, yeah sorry keep going but this is
1: this is the power that we have like it's we are like we get to be these real life characters so you're cosplaying you're cosplaying superman you you know you see guys go to the hospitals as superman cheer up kids it's amazing it's awesome and i'm not putting it down i think it's fantastic but if you put on a cape you're not going to fly but when you put on a mermaid tail you become this mermaid like that tail it becomes an extension of your body it makes you swim i've seen so many people who are very poor swimmers who get the tail and it helps them with their form and it gives them confidence and there's it just changes their life it's it's otherworldly it's like this new it's like a totally different world in this new thing and i I feel like with that comes uh what's the spider-man Quote, with, great with great power, power
0: comes, comes great responsibility
1: right so i feel that there is a responsibility so hannah fraser the mermaid i talked about at the very beginning of the podcast people should look her up she's freaking amazing the stuff she does swims with whales sharks the whole the whole thing she had this beautiful breakdown of the word mermaid that i always reflect on Myrrh means of the sea maid servant servant of the sea that is who I am. I'm in service of the sea. So I get to be this bridge between the ocean and the children. And the children are going to save us because we're not doing it. Like we, you know, the world is in chaos right now with the environment, with everything going on, and especially with the ocean. We can't see what's going on in the ocean. It's not like clear cutting or dumping and, and and stuff like that. Like you, you can't see all the trash that's in there. You can't see all the ghost nets. You can't see the toxic waste being dumped. You can't see how barren things are. So I have an opportunity to, to teach that and share that on behalf of this world that I belong to in a way that resonates with children and I know it resonates now because I've been doing it so long. I meet kids who are now teenagers or adults that I met when they were five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. And they have been able to tell me themselves the impact it had on them and how it changed their lives. And even just little things like making sure that they were always recycling or doing beach cleanups. And just that is, that's what's going to change everything for everyone. So that is a power, you know, Um, we also have this power to create these beautiful, experiences for people of all ages i've had clients that were in their 70s and and put them in mermaid tails and they felt so beautiful and cried uh my my mother-in-law she she passed a few years ago but on her 70th birthday she wanted to be a mermaid too and i took her out in the ocean and i was like are you sure you want to do this (laughs) and she did it and she was like superwoman and she just lit right up and um even you know men you know men men will shy away from it at first because of all the stereotypes out there i think with like effeminate men and everything like that um but when you you really get talking to them a lot of them have a mermaid story too or they really loved being in the water as a kid or playing playing pretend underwater as a kid and if i a lot of straight men will be apprehensive about it at first but when you get them to try it out they're like whoa I feel strong like this is crazy this is athletic this is hard like it's not this girly thing you know and I mean and there's nothing wrong with it being a girly thing but it's just it is what you make it so we're seeing more men in the industry um the industry used to be very predominantly white and now we're seeing a lot more black merfolk which is really important because historically a lot of North American uh black people weren't able to swim because of segregation to so to see a whole generation of merfolk coming up black is huge so i really believe that children need to see themselves reflected in their in their heroes and the people that they're looking up to so i try really hard to keep my team diversified and it changes given you know people's life uh what's going on. Like one of my girls is native and she just had a baby. So right now she's not able to perform, but when native kids meet her, it's like their mind is blown and and they deserve that experience. And I have a merman and when the boys meet him, they're so excited. And um, so it's just like, we just have so much power to make magic. It's just like the Disney, the Disney characters and the Disney princesses. And, and the final thought on that, that I like to leave people with is just, you don't know, what people are going through and especially kids. I had a very difficult childhood Um, between my health issues and I had an alcoholic parent and there was like a lot of neglect and stuff like that. Looking back on my own childhood, I can remember every single adult who made my life magical. And I get to be that adult for kids. You never know what they're going through, what kind of life they have at home, at school, if they're bullied, if they have health conditions or, or whatever, or if they're dealing with more systemic stuff like racism or homophobia or something. And just for that minute that they're with me, I get to give them. A, a little solace, a little magic that they can then take with them, and it lights them up the same way it lit me up and got me through all those bad things, right? So that's why I keep doing it, even though I'm 38 and tired.
0: <laughs> but it, I mean, as long as you love it, and that—that's what I—what I say. Like I—I'm 33, and um, it, at that point, you're trying to do exercise that you can continually do, and, well, <laughs> right. continually do safely, but still that like keeps you active because I I mean I don't know if this is the same case for you but all the older people in my life they're not really active at all mm, and it's just yeah. so sad it's kind of like if you're not active now you're just like you're straight going downhill you know right. what I mean like it's not like you're you're keeping your body at a well uh...
1: and I know from looking at people who are around right now that if I can keep up with my mermaiding, it's gonna help me long term with my health because you know, my my mentor, Medusa Serena, who I talked about, who does the rec bar, you guys have to Google her. She's in her 50s, and she's fit as anything. She's fitter than any 20-year-old, I know. Um, if folks Google Wikiwachi, or if you're familiar with it, it is a roadside attraction in Florida that's been going on since, like, the 40s, underwater performing of mermaids, and... Some of those women get together every year for a reunion and then they're in their 60s and 70s. I went to see them perform, and there's like a 70 year old woman doing stuff I can't do. (laughs) So, you know, like I want that's my goals. And I say that to people all the time. Like, I know that for me, it's going to be a bit more of a challenge because I have health issues. But that is the motivation I have going into everything. Any doctor I meet, physiotherapist, chiropractor, a personal trainer, any anybody I meet. I'm like, this is my goal. I just want to keep swimming and I want to be able to keep up with my kids. So whatever lifestyle changes I need to do to make that happen, let's make it happen. And I just want to be like Annette Kellerman swimming right up to my final days. I just want to keep swimming. Like, let me just die floating in the water and I'll die happy. Like. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> okay i have i I try to collect all my questions because you were so good just like going through it so all my
1: no no (laughs) no
0: you did amazing um so you mentioned the wheelchair and before that i had a question like how do you plan like obviously i when you were saying that uh the make a wish thing that you asked for for legs like if you're at a, a like a birthday party or event and you need to uh move to a spot to a spot I you have a person I guess to to help coordinate that um...
1: My husband came up with the term, and it's now become an industry term. We call it the mer-wrangler. So a mer-wrangler's job is to help you get from point A to point B, wrangle the mermaid. He's on my shirt that I'm wearing. (laughs) Uh, Wrangle the mermaid from point A to point B in the safest manner possible with the least risk of falling. Sometimes that means using a wheelchair. Sometimes that means we time the event so that There's no viewers and we can put the costumes on right at the pool and then the kids are welcomed in. Then the kids leave and then we take the costumes off. Sometimes we're on a wheelchair or in a wagon. I that's what I was
0: thinking wheelchair would be like one of the easiest uh,
1: You know, I've had to use a dolly before. Um, A dolly. That's so funny. Uh, I I just, we just basically, we want to get people moved, but we want to do it in a safe way. And when my husband and I first started doing this and there was nobody to learn from, we made a lot of mistakes where he'd hurt his back or something. One time a pool got closed because of a potential propane leak and he the firefighters are coming in and my husband there was no time for me to get out of the costume and to just pick me up and carry me out and back then the the costumes weren't nearly as light as they are today so it was like a 50 pound rubber suit filled with water and 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 plus all of my weight and he's trying to get me out and you know it's like taking
0: a it's like taking a rug out of the water i would imagine it's just like exactly yeah yeah completely
1: oh. just like yeah so um and of course they've gotten so much better now and we've all gotten better in the industry at sort of advocating so this is something i would put in a contract so you're you're hosting me we're having a community swim there's ships of kids coming in and out right in my contract it says okay um either you provide us with a space to change that is wheelchair accessible Or you have to give us an opportunity to get in and out of the pool without the children being around. Um, It's not the end of the world if the kids don't believe that we're real mermaids. We don't want to lie to them. And we also want to encourage imagination. My whole shtick is imagination. Like Santa. Yeah, right. So if there's a kid who's like obsessed with like, you're not real, you're not real, then I just kind of flip it back on them. And I'm like, well, what kind of tail would you have if you were a mermaid? And isn't it fun to play pretend and stuff? And, and that usually works for me, because I'm trying to just encourage them to have fun and play pretend. Mm -hmm. But when they think we're real, it's, it's pretty awesome. And even if they don't think we're real, we don't want them, it just kills the magic you know we don't have yeah, to just, yeah. just taking the tails off and on and exactly they're also really hard to get off and on and it's all oh, very flattering imagine. and you know so so we try to prevent that but yeah that is how we do that it's usually a wheelchair or we just line it up so that we don't have to be carried or moved around
0: and you mentioned uh your your backup scuba diver how like is do you have an extensive knowledge of i, I was originally originally going to say uh, sign language, but you probably just have like, what, like 10 or like 15, like hand gestures, yep. obviously, yep.
1: so scuba divers have their own hand gestures that they use. And then we tend to have like unique ones specific to mermaiding. Um, but usually all they really want to know is are you okay? Or do you need to go up? Like, those are the two main ones. Um usually, We'll do something like if there's an emergency, I might put my hands on my head because that's not something I would do as a mermaid underwater. And then they're like, okay, Um, I don't always need a scuba diver with me underwater. If I'm in Mm -hmm. an aquarium or I'm doing filming and I'm extensive time underwater, yes. But when I am just in a pool that's like four feet deep with kids, I have Uh, The wrangler is acting like my personal lifeguard they're responsible for me. So the lifeguards are are with all the kids and their participants. But then my wrangler is watching me, and we have signals so that I don't have to be screaming across the pool. Uh, I've had a few funny instances before I learned better, but one of my first gigs top broke while I was at a gig and I'm swimming over like this like inchworming, and like yeah, instead of thing. helping me right instead of helping me all the dads are like whipping out their phones and I'm just oh. like oh my god and I I learned really quickly to always have backup costume pieces um I remember one time I was filming live for the news and my rubber tail uh split down a seam and I just had to like grab a piece of fabric that was randomly on the pool and I tied it around like it was a sash and i just kept going and by the time i got home the split was it had to be like completely re-glued it was split right down my leg and um and then sometimes um you know my my husband has had to act as a lifeguard as well throw or he's doing photography for the event and he's thrown the camera and he's you know, sounds like you have an amazing advocate. husband like...
0: based off this interview you have an amazing
1: yeah. husband. <laughs> I think you're amazing Sean <laughs> yeah he's um it's definitely he's just as much as invested in the company as I am like I may be the face of it as the mermaid but it would not things would not get done without him and one of the things that we've seen a lot of success with recently which has helped us overcome COVID when we weren't able to do bookings is our YouTube so I've always done YouTube and not with the purpose of becoming a youtuber but with the purpose of sharing the mermaid knowledge for other mermaids so I'm a very Mm -hmm. niche kind of channel some of the videos do really well some of them are just a couple thousand views it's fine like I never really focused on it but during the pandemic some of our stuff started to go viral and we started to focus on it more because we realized this is an income That we can work on developing a passive income that can help us where we're at least pay the business bills to keep us a registered and insured business when we can't do gigs because we had nothing coming in there was like over a year there where it wasn't legal for us to do bookings right Mm -hmm. and then when it was it was very contained and very limited and very difficult so we're still not totally recovered from that um youtube has just been amazing uh my son is two years old and last year when he was a year old the guy who makes my costumes made me a bunch of matching ones for my son and i am not encouraging people to go put your infant in a mermaid tail please remember that i am a trained professional but I did put mine in a mermaid tail, and he's been in the water since he was six weeks old after getting his do- his doctor's approval. <laughs> and we have just these cute little B-roll videos uh, of him and I on the beach getting photos, and they have gone massively viral. We just had one. It's just shy of 80 million views. It's That's insane. awesome.
0: That's it's a big insane. number.
1: I know. It's insane. He has a college fund now from this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And this, so this has been a whole new world for me too, because now all of a sudden I'm a YouTuber. I've got a, I've got 450,000 followers and climbing. Uh, I never had that much before. I had like 14,000 for like 14 years. It was crazy. Um, So now I'm sort of learning, okay, I put my kid on there, but now people know who my kid is and they're coming up to me in person. So now I kind of have to like navigate this a little bit and maybe backstep. What are we going to put on? I added disclaimers to all my videos about safety because it's not just mermaids watching it anymore. I've started getting brand deals and sponsorships and influencer stuff. And my accounts have started getting verified. Like it's it's weird because it just, I feel like people, this is a lot of people's goal and I'm very happy to have achieved it. But now I'm kind of going backwards a bit because it's like, okay, I wasn't prepared for this. So now I kind of have to get my ducks in a row. But um, the income from it definitely kept my company going through the pandemic. It was extremely helpful and it paid for courses um, and it led to us getting our TV show, which um, I will post updates about that on social media it's filming right now so I don't expect the season to come out until next year and I don't have a name I don't have been the, the official name for it yet so people
0: if you know want to say it. give us a little taste of what it's about I was going to save this for it after the last question but we could talk about it now
1: yeah yeah sure so um it it just uh it's sort of like what it's like being new parents running this business which also sort of mirrors a family and the the unique aspects of a mermaid business and it's very wholesome content it's not like some of these um, reality shows that you see, that's like drama, 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 like there's no there's no real drama. <laughs> it's just very interesting. It, it uh, focuses a lot on the Canadian aspect as well, although there is some traveling. So they did come with us to Mexico and they'll be going to California and things like that. And just the different unique stories of the people on my team. So one of my girls has been with me since she was 16 years old. She's 27 now. She works for a wildlife rehabilitation clinic. And she she's full of really interesting stories you know I, I have another girl who um is on the spectrum and she's like a, an amazing artisan who does like just such gorgeous stuff and I've got my merman who was like the the second professional merman in the entire country so and he's very young and a super talented artist and just what it's like for him he and I met he's only 21. He's been following me on YouTube since he was 10, and then he moved to my city for school, and I hired him, (laughs) so it's really weird for him to have followed me for 10 years, and now he works for me, and I'll probably end up selling my business to him when I'm too old, like... So it's just really cool. So I, I hope that the show inspires people and I hope that that magic that I'm trying to instill in my clients will reach viewers as well and just give them a little boost for their own dreams and let them know it's okay for them to play and have fun.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So it's not gonna be like Tiger King, it's gonna be like a no. <laughs> wholesome version of like mermaid queen,
1: basically. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Let's I guess let's go to our wrap up question. Sure. What is something that uh, your parents did that you'd like to pass on to your son or your if you have more kids? And what is something that you might do a little bit differently, maybe uh, uh, something new or something you'd you would take away from your childhood?
1: So. I feel like my answer to this might be different than some of the other guests you've had, because I I did grow up in not a great environment. And I view myself as a generational trauma breaker, a lot of trauma in my family going back. Literally, you know, I did my ancestry and all the way back to like the eighteen hundreds. There's alcoholism. It's you know, it's sad. Um. So my son is being raised differently. We we use gentle parenting which is a form of parenting that really aligns with what I learned in my child and youth development degree. And it's very based on, just giving kids the space to learn things not necessarily jumping right to consequences it's it's not that you don't have any boundaries or consequences it's that the goal of raising your child healthy is not obedience like i feel like the generations before us were all about obedience and all about making the parents lives easier and i get it because parents had to do so much especially with the women first coming into the workforce and having to raise kids and and work like I'm dealing with that as well um but my husband and I are really on the same page with that so with our son we're very loving and encouraging and we really focus on redirection and learning as opposed to consequences unless of course they're natural consequences
0: or because I said so
1: yeah no 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 because I said so's and actually it's so much less what you're doing with your child and so much more about self-regulating yourself as an adult and as a parent and doing the work to address your own issues of dysregulation so okay my kid is screaming and having a temper tantrum and i'm freaking out so what can i do in this moment because he's two and he's developmentally not capable of understanding why this is a stressful situation and yelling at him to go to his room or sit down and stop crying is not really going to help either of us or make either of us feel good. So what can I do in this moment for him? And what can I do in this moment for myself? So it's hard. And and, and you can't always do it right. And you're going to mess up. And sometimes you're going to yell. And you're going to just lose your patience. And the point is not to be perfect. The point is just to to, to make the effort to try. And the reason that is so important to me is just because I did come from a household that was very reactive and sometimes violent and consequently points were really extreme and not necessarily needed at all kind of thing and it really you know it caused a lot of anxiety and depression in me that i had to do a lot of work to recover and i don't want my kid to have to recover from his childhood i feel like that is the goal here but of course it's like anything else you have to balance it With with any of these parenting ideas, you always get extremists and then you get kids who just run the show and have no respect. We don't want that. (laughs) So we're just taking it day by day. And so far, I feel like we're doing really good because our son, he is a typical two year old, but he's also extremely loving and extremely kind and gentle and sweet. And I just I look at him and I'm like, you're doing all right, buddy. I love it. And the one thing I do take from my parents is my father is the one who instilled in me my love of nature and my sense of curiosity. My dad was a woodsman and he would take me in the woods on hikes and take me fishing and take me out in the boat and we really make an effort with our son to do that to help him connect with nature he enjoys the mermaid stuff but i never force him so if we're going to put a costume on him and he starts freaking out then we're not going to put the costume on him like it's not the be all end all is not getting the youtube video that's great if we can do it but i'm not I'm not ever going to force him, and if he is able to articulate that he hates it, I will never make him do it. You know, um, For now, he loves it. He puts his tail on, he splashes it, he swims, he loves being in the water. He came with us to Mexico, which was a bit of a challenge because I was trying to do all of these courses and filming and photo shoots and and stuff. And there's like barracudas swimming around and stick I've got my two year old and I'm bobbing in the ocean with a mermaid tail, but it was so magical. And my son, um, he's getting to have these experiences that I didn't get to have. I didn't get to travel as a kid. I, I was very sheltered and, you know, he's meet, he, he met Mexican folks for the f- first time, not a lot of Mexican folks where I live. And so he met them all for the first time. And now back home, when we go to the grocery store, anytime he sees somebody who is even vaguely Mexican, he runs up and hugs them. Like, <laughs> it's so wonderful. Like, and you just, if you raise kids with love and curiosity and openness, um, that just the world is at their feet. So that's what I'm trying to do. And I know I won't be perfect at it, but my dad's sense of wonder that's definitely something that lives on in me and the work that I do and definitely something I hope to instill in my son
0: no that's great that's what what I see them as is just little adults that are slowly learning instead of like babies just because like I'm like if he's gonna make a mistake he'll make a mistake like what
1: yeah it's okay it's okay I feel like As parents, we need to give ourselves permission to accept that like shit's gonna happen. (laughs) Like it really is, you know, Um, and it's all right now we're dealing with um, the the terrible twos, as they call it. So every once in a while we have the meltdowns where he falls down on the floor. And instead of jumping to being annoyed, which is so easy to do because I'm sleep deprived. My husband and I will both try to take a breath and be like, do you need a hug, buddy? Like, yeah, it's not fun when you don't get your way, is it? Or, no, I don't want to go to work and you don't want to go to daycare. I feel you. Like, we're at least trying to take the edge off of it. Like, yes, we still need to pick you up and we need to drag you kicking and screaming to the car. (laughs) But how we're handling it. And I I do see it working. Um, One of the things that I've taught him. for self-regulation purposes is just counting, you know, counting one, two, three, four. And now uh, we've done it so frequently with him that when he does start to have an episode where he's just freaking out, he'll count himself down. And by the time he gets to 10, he's calmed down. And then he goes, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We call it, we call it his sad yay (laughs) because he's like proud of himself, but he's still upset.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My my uh, son says, he doesn't have the yeah. He says, is it sure? Sure. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like the saddest, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, that's it. That's it. Okay. 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 It's okay. <laughs> that's what it
0: sounds yeah yeah.
1: but what a life my kid is having being raised with a bunch of performers he uh, we started doing our shows again last year and I have my tank shows and the client was like, I really want you there Raina. I'm like, well, I don't have child care so I have to bring the infant well, okay, I'll bring my trailer and you and River can take breaks in the trailer. And when you're in the tank, someone else can take him in there. And that's what we did. I, My company is very family friendly. You cannot serve families as clients and then not have a family friendly company. So long before I had a child, and it was a long time because endometriosis is an infertility disease, River is the only kid we're going to have. We did not think we could have River even. Um, he was a complete surprise, but completely Welcome. I had just given up on the idea of having kids, which is why I've had them so late in life. Um, but Mimi, who's been with me since the start, you know, her daughter's like nine. And and uh when she was an infant and, and as she grew, this is just how we how we do things. And when you work for me and you come into this, this pod is the word that we use, a pod that I've created, like a pod of whales, we have a pod of mermaids people understand that if you don't like kids, it's not going to work, because even if you don't want to do the gigs with kids, we have kids in our company, so you need to be able to help folks out and create an environment where the kids are safe, and some people have not fit in the long term, because they love the idea of being a mermaid, but they don't like kids, and it goes with my company. Not every company caters to kids and families, but mine does. So. <laughs> Um, But I like it. I I do really like what we've what we've created this family environment where we're taking turns so that the moms aren't being left behind because too often moms are giving up their their passions and their dreams and self sacrificing and I still do self sacrifice but at least I don't have to totally give up being a mermaid I you know my one of them my merman is so great he's like an adoptive uncle to my son and and he's got him he's bouncing him keeping him busy mommy's in the tank doing a few tricks and then mommy's out again merman swaps with me and I've got the baby and and that's what we do and we make it work
0: that's awesome uh thank you so much for you you blew me away like
1: I love it, though. I mean, I love that this podcast is such a fantastic idea. And at some point in my life, I would love to do a podcast about mermaids. It's just not something I have time for right now. But just where the industry has grown so big and, and there's so many sub facets to everything and all the intricacies and people have so many interesting stories and, and I just love to learn. So it's hard for me at times to make time being a new mom working a full-time job running a business like as you and i know trying to nail down me, nail me down was hard <laughs> but i still really enjoy it so much and i really thank you for the opportunity to speak to your oh, listeners yeah. and and if anybody ever wants to learn anything about mermaiding they can hit me up and i can set them in the right direction because it's a really wonderful hobby it doesn't it doesn't have to be a job if you want it to be a job that's awesome but even just as something for fitness or for your mental health it's such a wonderful wonderful experience
0: And I'll attach all the links to your Instagram, your website, your YouTube channel, just so people can take a look at that too.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Perfect. If you liked this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.